22, Genesis chapter 22, and I'm reading from verse 1. Genesis 22, and reading from verse 1. Sometime later, God asked, tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his own son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called out to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Bathsheba, and Abraham stayed in Bathsheba. Let's pray as we come to open up God's word. Father God, we pray that as we look into your word, that you might speak into our hearts and into our minds and into your church. We pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit working and dwelling in each one of us, we may see the things that you want us to see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Well, we are looking this morning at the story of uh, Abraham, and in particular the story of uh, Abraham and uh, and Isaac. Um, but before we kind of look at the story of uh, Abraham and Isaac, uh, like in all good uh, television series, we do need to say previously in the story of Abraham. You can't just jump into a story without knowing on what's going on before, can you? So we need to do a bit of previously, previously, uh, previously. And the previously um, is, well, we, we, we sang the song, didn't we? Father Abraham had many sons, but previously Father Abraham did not have many sons. In fact, Father Abraham didn't have any sons. And, uh, and that was a problem. That was a problem because uh, Abraham and Sarah were getting old, uh, getting on in years, and they didn't have any children. And uh, the previously is all about the father's promise to Abraham. The father's promise to Abraham. Because father Abraham was promised all sorts of things by God. In, uh, in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis 1 to 11 are sometimes uh, referred to as kind of prehistory. Genesis chapter 12 is where the history of Israel, the history of the people of God, begins uh, with this story of Abraham. And uh, Abraham is is promised all sorts of things. He's he's promised uh, that he will be uh, a blessing. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who you bless, and and curse those who you will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will bless you. I will establish a covenant. as an everlasting covenant between me and you. And your descendants after you. For generations to come. To be your God. And the God of your descendants. The whole land of Canaan. Where you, you are now an alien. I will give as an everlasting possession. I will make you very fruitful. I will make you nations of you. And kings will come from you. The father's promise to Abraham was huge. And uh, of course there was a, a, a problem with the promise, wasn't there? Because uh, Abraham didn't have any children. But he was, he was a new tribe, a new tribe. I've been reading this book. Some of you will uh, be uh, pleased to know. Uh, interesting book about uh, how the Bible was, uh, was written. And of course Abraham was the beginning of a new tribe. God was setting up a new tribe. And uh, we might think we don't know anything about tribes, but actually, uh, we are still quite tribal, aren't we? Uh, we belong to the Baptist tribe, don't we? Uh, some of you uh, are tribal in terms of the football team that you support. And the things about tribes, Rob Bell says, he talks about tribes at that time existed for their own well-being and preservation. You see the humour in that last sentence, right? Like anything has changed in the thousands of years. But this tribe, the tribe that Abraham was going to lead, the one that Abraham would lead would be different. This tribe would exist to bless all other tribes. It's interesting, right at the beginning of the story of Israel, when God makes a covenant with his people, he says, and you are going to be a blessing to the whole earth. The idea of Israel was that it was going to be a blessing to all the other tribes. And that was God's promise. And of course, as we sang in the song, uh, you know, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. 
Say it with a bit more confidence. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. That's right. And we are part of that promise. We are heirs of that promise. And uh, of course Abraham wasn't silly. He says, you haven't given me uh, no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Questions God about the promise. And, uh, and God answers him by saying, And the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir. A son who will be your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. I don't know about you, but I like to think that Abraham, he went out, and uh, contemplating on what God said, I, I suspect he, he kind of hummed a little tune and he probably sang something like this. Uh, look at the stars. Look how they shine for you and all the things you do. And it was called Abraham. The father's promise to Abraham. Amazing promise. The father's promise. And of course, the promise came true. Abraham and, uh, and Sarah had a son called Isaac. Uh, and it's important, before we get to the story of Abraham and Isaac, that we understand that the promise was rooted in his son Isaac. They waited 25 years for this promise to be fulfilled. But eventually, it was fulfilled. And sometimes we do have to wait a long time for those promises to be fulfilled. And uh, the father's promise came true. And uh, that's the father's promise. Uh, But following the father's promise, I think you'll agree with me that there is the father's problem. The father's problem follows the father's promise. And this is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Uh, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Anybody here like being tested? Anybody here, you know, when you were at school or college, did you wake up on the morning of a test and think, fantastic, this is what I, this is what I live for, to be tested. I love being tested. Uh, the truth of us, uh, none of us like to be tested, do we? None of us like the idea of a test. Uh, you could say we detest it, but there again, you might not. Um, then God said to Abraham, Take your son. Take your only son. Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Isaac, in case you don't know who I'm talking about. The child of the promise. And go to Morah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Anybody got a problem with that? We know the story, don't we? Uh, we know how the story ends. Uh, we know it has a happy ending and, uh, and we can make all sorts of connections. Of course, when we hear, read those words, take your son, your only son, whom you'll love, straight away from where we're standing, we're straight away thinking of God's son, Jesus. And we make that connection. And it's a correct connection to make. And it's interesting that right at the beginning in the story of Israel, right from day one, God's plan can be seen. In his son that was going to come 
But you might want to ask, what kind of God would ask a father to sacrifice his son? What kind of God would ask a father to sacrifice his son? And if you don't ask that question, then quite frankly, there's something wrong with you. Uh, Again, uh, I've been reading a book. And uh, in this book, uh, Rob Bell talking about some of the the things that we read. You want want, um, Abraham to have a problem with this, don't you really? More, more, more so than perhaps he, he appears to do. Then uh, Abraham approached him and, you know, when, uh, only a few chapters ago, in chapter 18, when, when God was going to uh, destroy Sodom, uh, Abraham seemed to have a problem with that. And he said, you know, uh, will you sweep away the righteous when the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in, in the city? Uh, what if there are 50? What if there are 40? What if there are 30? What if there are 20? What if there are 10? He seemed to have a real big problem with that, didn't he? People he didn't even know. He seemed to care for those. But uh, early the next morning, Abraham got up and, and loaded his donkey and, and took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And he doesn't seem to have a problem. I want to say, dial 999, call child protection. What's going on? You're going to sacrifice your what? Sometimes we, because we're so familiar with the story, we kind of say, uh, uh, the quote that should have come up from Rob Bell talks about the fact that, you know, if we find, uh, if we, if we find the, the violence and, uh, and, and the kind of awfulness in, in the Old Testament terrible, it's because it was terrible. And he kind of goes on to say that if, if you don't have a problem with that, there's something kind of wrong with you because uh, we ought to have a problem with some of the, the things that we read uh, ought to shock us, ought to challenge us, ought to make us ask questions. And uh, Abraham doesn't appear to ask questions, although I was talking to this about this with a, a friend of mine this week and he, and he suggested this, that maybe Abraham got up early in the morning, not because he, he was so keen to get on with what he was doing, but maybe got up early in the morning because he was rather concerned about what he was doing. We don't know because the, the passage doesn't tell us. It just says that Abraham got up early in the morning and he saddled his own donkey. And you might wonder why he didn't get his servants to saddle his donkey because that's what servants were there for, to saddle your donkey. Uh, but Abraham decided he was going to saddle his donkeys on his own this morning and maybe... He was wrestling with it, or maybe he wasn't. The truth is, we can we can put whatever we like into the vacuum because it doesn't tell us. Uh, it just tells us that Abraham got up early in the morning. But uh, we ought to have a problem uh, with it, and I'm guessing that Abraham, as a father, probably did have a problem with it. When he cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set off for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey. While I and the boy go over there, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Have you noticed that in, in the story? What, the, what he says to the servants. Uh, we will worship you and we will come back to you. That's interesting, isn't it? Supposedly, he's going to sacrifice his son on the burnt offering. I don't want to go too much into the gory details of, of what that involved because we are along one of the problems with this story. We are so far removed from the whole idea of sacrifice, aren't we? Uh, but Abraham lived in a in an age where sacrifice was commonplace. 
Uh, the people had worked out that, you know, if you wanted your crops to grow, you needed a bit of sun and, and a bit of rain. And they realized that things were out of their control. The sun and the rain, they couldn't control things like that. So what they did is they offered sacrifices to the gods. The problem with offering sacrifices to the gods is you never know whether you'd offered enough or whether the gods were pleased with you or not. Uh, and if it rained and sunned enough, then you presume that the gods were pleased with you because it rained and it sunned. And, uh, and then you offered uh, more sacrifices of thanksgiving. Uh, but when you're offering your sacrifices of thanksgiving, you never know whether you'd offered enough. And there was always this anxiety about sacrifice, about what it was all about. And this was the, the, the age that, that Abraham lived in. The, the gods, you needed to sacrifice things to the gods in order to please them. This was the world, the ancient world. That's what people believed. Of course, we don't believe that anymore, do we? We don't believe that we have to appease the gods, do we? We don't believe that, you know, uh, the more we pray, the more likely God might answer us, that the more we work, the more we give, uh, the more we do, that we're going to win the favour of God. We don't think like that anymore, do we? Of course we don't. We're much more sophisticated than uh, the likes of Abraham, aren't we? That's not how we think, is it? But it's interesting, isn't it, that Abraham, although he thinks he's going to go to sacrifice his son, and like I said, I'll spare you the details, but it involved kind of, you know, uh, uh, blood and guts and then burning the offering. And the offering didn't come back with you. Uh, You left it on the altar. That was the idea of an offering. You left it with you. So it's interesting that, that Abraham says, we will come back to you. Now again... Different people think different things. Some people think, well, he's just been kind to the servants because if you mentioned to the fact that the servants, that he was going to uh, present his son as an offering, the servants might have tried to persuade him or might have said, does Sarah know about this? Uh, interesting, I, I presume that Sarah doesn't know about this because I can't imagine that she would have agreed with it. But who knows? We don't know, do we? Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? And, and, and it's, it's also interesting because there's more to this kind of story than perhaps meets the eye because Abraham, yes, a man of faith, does seem to somehow believe that this outcome, is, this story is going to have a, a good ending in some way because he thinks they're both coming back. And, and there's more. The fire and the water here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? This son, uh, again, people guess about how old he was. If you look in your children's Bibles, you'll find that uh, he's pictured as, uh, you know, quite a big lad, uh, a lad that could resist, uh, you know, quite a strong lad. Uh, he's silent in the story, but he does notice that they haven't got anything to put on the offering. And what does Abraham say? Abraham answered him, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Some commentators even dare to suggest, was Abraham in on what God was doing? Was Abraham actually in on what God was doing? does seem to be some evidence to weigh it in that favour. Uh, we will come back, God will provide. Or was it just prophetic? Well, the writer of Hebrews gives, does give us an answer. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive back Isaac from the death. The writer of the Hebrews suggested that Abraham must have believed that Isaac was in some way going to come back with him 
from the offering. And if that involved God raising somebody from the dead, then and Isaac would um, Abraham rather, would have had good uh, reason to be, put his faith in God because of the promise that had been given to him. It seems so unlikely that they would have a child late on in years and this child had been born, child of the promise. So he had good reason and we know that Abraham was accredited a man of faith and righteousness because he believed in God. We know all that. But there still seems to be something going on underneath that maybe it was Abraham's faith. Maybe Abraham so trusted in God that he was prepared to hand over his son believing in a God that was good and loving and not a God that was wrathful and mean. Interesting, isn't it? The father's problem. And of course, the father's problem is, uh, is moved over by the father's provision. The father's promise, the father's problem, and the father's provision. God himself will provide the lamb, Abraham says in faith. God himself will provide the lamb. Von Rad points out in his commentary on uh, Genesis, the slowing down of the narrative towards the fateful moment, even single movements are captured. And we see that when they reached the place. Abraham built an altar. He bound his son. He then reached out his hand and took the knife. And then this voice, stop! Abraham, Abraham! And at the last minute, an angel appears. Abraham looked up, then there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Instead of his son. And again, it's almost so obvious I hardly need to mention it that we have a picture here of a sacrificial lamb that is replacing, taking the place of somebody else. And again, who couldn't see this as a vision, as a picture of what God was going to do through his own son, whom he loved and whom he didn't withheld and who took our place and died on the cross as the ultimate sacrifice, as the end of the sacrificial system, once and for all. The Father's provision, he provides the answer to the promise. And there's something in that, isn't there? Because when God promises something to us, sometimes we get worked up and kind of bogged down in the detail. How's this going to work out? How's it all going to work out? And we try and work it out for ourselves. And sometimes in us trying to work it out for ourselves, we, we go off in all sorts of directions, don't we? Rather than just trusting in the promise of God. The promise of God seems to be in contradiction with what, what Abraham is asked to do when he's asked to sacrifice his son. There seems to be a contradiction there. And maybe Abraham in faith does the right thing. He just trusts 
in God for a good and positive outcome for him and his son and for every generation to come. The Father's provision. And of course, the Father provided the ultimate sacrifice in his own son. He gave his own son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, they would receive eternal life. And that promise that was given to Abraham right at the beginning of the story is a promise that you and I can claim today because, yes, we are descendants of Abraham. We are heirs of the promise. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And scholars and people who know about these sorts of things think that the place where Abraham was going to prepare and sacrifice his son is the same place where the temple in Jerusalem was built, not far from where God's own son was sacrificed. And we see in God's plan and his working out that right from day one, that the plan was set. That it wasn't a plan B or a plan C. That God all along intended to offer his son as a sacrifice. So that you and I could be heirs to that problem. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. You know, God wants to bless people. God wants to bless other tribes. And we as a Baptist tribe, we need to be heirs of this promise. And being heirs of this promise doesn't just mean that we enjoy the blessing of God and all that comes with it, but that we become a blessing to other people. That we bless other people. Because that was the calling of God's people right from the beginning. To be a different tribe that didn't just look at their own self-interest, but actually through God became a blessing to every other tribe. And that's the promise. This is what the Lord says, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, against the emphasis on it's your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the skies. And if you are Christ, Paul writes, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise and so when we get all a bit silly and we sing Father Abraham and we start raising our arms and our legs and everything else and join in let's remember that we are heirs to that promise and that we're meant to be a blessing to all other nations so if you've got a Mars bar you've got that text on the back take it and be a blessing this week to every other tribe that you meet.